Affair with your host Sam and Midge, and we have a special, another special ADJ guest today. Hello. Uh, good evening, or good afternoon in this case. Uh, I'm Shannon Gonzalez, and this is WMSC News. And today's local state news: U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris toured New Jersey last Friday on October 8th. She visited multiple daycare centers, including Montclair State University's Child Care Center in Little Falls. Harris toured these places in order to push for more child care funding and encouraging more residents to get the vaccine. In international news, India, Bali, and Vietnam announced opening plans. And last of all, in national news, the Nobel Peace Prize was awarded last Friday morning to Filipina jur- journalist Maria Risa and Russian newspaper editor Dmitry Mur- Muratov <laughs> for their work to safeguard freedom of expression. For WMSC News, I'm Shana Gonzalez. You did a very good job. Yes, hopefully I didn't butcher their names. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so. Sorry if we butchered those names. Um, but welcome to Fandom Fair, which is a show where me and Midge talk about the same four things. But this week we're not talking about the same four things. We're talking about something completely new. Yes, we are. Uh, which I'm very happy. Yes, because this is something I got Sam into. Which I, I was, I didn't know if I should watch it because I kept seeing it on TikTok. Yeah. Um, it's The Walton Files. The Walton Files. Uh which I'm a big fan of. I love horror. I'm like a big horror fanatic. And Midge is not, which <laughs> is surprising that I'm you I'm not a big... I, uh, I don't like it if I can't pause it. If I can't I can't go see a movie in theaters. I'll give you that. I don't like seeing horror movies in theaters. I can pause it and be like... Whoa. But that, that's not even... For me, it's like... It's too loud. No, I is feel it? that. I, I don't like... Uh, like the surround sound. Yeah. Or it goes like... Yeah, like oh, I, like a jump scare. Like with jump scare, like I I don't like watching horror movies in movie theaters simply because I'm like I don't need my eardrums blown out. Yes, I like watching them at home. You know, obviously with friends, so you can make fun of it. So it's not as scary. Uh, but today we're talking about the Walton Files, which is probably one of the best pieces of horror I've seen in a while, and it makes FNAF, which is Five Nights at Freddy's, look like a kid's birthday party. <laughs> uh so this is analog horror, which. It's it's a fairly new genre. I hate this microphone. <laughs> it's a fairly new subgenre of found footage horror, so I guess you could track down analog horror to uh, Blair Witch Project and, like, Cloverfield. Yeah, like, I think about, like, Marvel Hornets, which is very early YouTube um, analog horror and something I discovered recently called Paranormal Paranoid and In the Dark. It's, like, this very long... It's not. It's like a movie told through YouTube videos. It's all very interesting because I watch a lot of uh, YouTube videos explaining this stuff. Because I can't watch it myself. Like if, I'm a scaredy cat. If if we're talking about like, I analog horror is really like a web subgenre of found footage. Because if we're going back to found footage, it's like Blair Witch. Um, but it stems from the various channels. Uh, it really stems from like uh, the emergency alert system scenarios. Yeah, it really oh, yeah. preys on like your the nostalgia factor because there's like something like it kind of taps into a memory that you don't even have, you know. Well, yeah. Personally, when I watch it, because I'm like, oh. And one one of the things about analog horror is that, um, since it brings out the nostalgia factor, it's like you no know, tapes and stuff that can't really be easily altered. So yeah. it means like this stuff is kind of real. Yeah. Um, because. Emergency alert systems always freak me out. Yeah, there's uh, what's it called? Station fifty seven. Uh, oh, local. I think local fifty eight. Local yeah, fifty eight. I was trying to remember what yeah, it's called. Yeah, that's some good explaining stuff. It. Uh, Channel fifty seven, I think, is a Walton Files thing. It is. You're right. But it, it's a. It, it's an homage to to uh, local, local fifty eight. 
which is one of the it's not one of the first i watched this whole video uh at work the other day um about analog horror yeah local 58 is like the first one that blew up it's, oh, yeah. it's not the first analog horror for sure not. online it, well, it's technically, fair. it can because it was originally on the creator's website. Yeah. Um, but Local 58 is the first one that got big. Yeah. But we're not talking we're about... We're not talking about Local 58. 50, local 58 is very good. I would maybe want to cover that one day. It, it, yeah. Um, good spooks. Good spooks, good spooks in Local 58. For Spooktober month? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we could. It is Halloween month, which is my favorite month. It's a good month. I love Halloween. Um, so I just have this uh, little kind of quote from like why analog horror is scary from egmnow.com which is in our age of photoshop and deep fakes we tend to think digital media is uniquely corruptible and easily manipulated but physical media wasn't infallible either even before hundreds of digital tools for modifying recordings analog videos could also be altered subverting snapshots of reality they purported purported to hold nature too is a video editor the passage of time which helps with the humidity with the help of humidity and high temperatures, undermines the magnetic orientation of a videotape, modifying both the image and sound. It's these juxtapositions between the inherent credibility of analog media and the sense it might be deceiving you, and between intentional corruption and organic decay. Which is why it's scary. That's why it's scary. Ooh, spooky. Glitches. Ah. And also this, um... I, I was... When I was researching something, I found this on Reddit. Yeah. From uh, u slash Reka 11182. Uh, I've heard some people... Uh, stipulate that it has to do with the medium the way analog stuff wasn't altered in the same way when we see something that defies belief today on our screens we can really and probably safely assume that it's been digitally altered in some way technology has made even live television capable of high-end wizardry so it's really kind of a nostalgia factor in the fact that uh it's harder to manipulate stuff that's on tapes which makes it the possibility of stuff in analog car being more grounded in reality. Yeah. So, we're so used to technologically attuned horror today, special effects, infected films, and horror games like FNAF, that the subject of analog car is somehow new and exciting. Mitch, I think this is your paragraph. This is mine. You're Sorry, right. go off and read this. What comes to mind is, like I said before, Marvel Hornets, Paranormal Paranoid, and In the Dark, all YouTube-based horror projects, along with The Walton Files. There's something infectious about analog, how simple it is and yet addicting. So what makes it so scary? It's the fact that these stories can sort of happen anywhere. Well, like, you know, haunted animatronics are not possible. Uh, It would be terrifying if they were. Um, The way that the information is presented to us, the viewers, is what makes the Walton Files analog. Informational videos, found footage, and the Let's Play of Bunny Farm with Sophie are all possible things to happen. Uh, story circumstances don't matter when someone can't could create a mystery with limited resources. F- effects are needed for these sorts of projects, hiding the high-quality nature with glitches and distortion, thus giving off that uncanny valley effect that's seen everywhere in the Walton Which I, I do want to talk about this in connection to FNAF, because yes. FNAF is a video game. It's not analog. Yeah. Um, it just takes place in a time where analog was popular. Yeah. But one of the best analog things I've seen was the Squimpus McGrimpus uh, analog VHS, FNAF VHS tapes. The what? <laughs> Squimpus McGrimpus. That is the uh, the user name. Squimpus, Squimpus McGrimpus. Okay. Uh, I watched it last year, and the storyline for that FNAF verse that they have created yes. was so much more intriguing than whatever Scott Cawthon's <laughs> doing right now. Because... He's not doing anything yeah, right now. You heard? He he's not quit, doing anything. He, he quit FNAF. He quit FNAF because... Reasons. 
He uh, just uh, pulled the opposite of a pro gamer move. Yeah, he kind of was, he did a cringe, <laughs> that's a certified cringe moment from Scott Cawthon. Not based. <laughs> um, but I just, I'm going to go on for like a little rant because we have time, whatever. Yes, we do. Um, Scott Cawthon does a lot of sci-fi stuff. Yeah. Like, if you look at his older stuff, it was either Christian games or sci-fi games. Yeah. He did not really do horror. So it, I guess the natural pro- progression of making FNAF more science fiction was kind of inevitable, but it still sucks. <laughs> it still, I don't, Sister Location is interesting, I just, a lot of it is a I, lot. I, it's with the books. It's the books. With what, Remnant, which is the ghost metal. And also the fact that there is a time traveling pulpit. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, so I, I've... <laughs> the only reason I watch MatPat's Game Theories anymore is just for FNAF. FNAF, yeah. Because I'm like, I've been in for... I've been in too deep since, like, seventh grade. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna finish whatever since this is out. Since tw- uh, since FNAF came out. Since FNAF. Deep. Honestly, the fans pretty much, like, make up half of the lore from what I've seen. When I actually look at the canon content, I'm sitting here like, oh, it's I very, see. It's very hidden, especially in FNAF 1. It's like very rarely you'll see like these um, news articles on the walls. It, the news the articles will change. Yeah, that are on the walls. It um, tells the story of what happened. Uh, I watched the retrospective by Sagan Hawks right. on YouTube for FNAF, and that like I was like, oh, FNAF's really good. And then <laughs> Scott Cawthon pulled that move, and I was like, okay, cool. Okay, FNAF's not uh, fun. <laughs> uh, but I I highly suggest if you're a FNAF fan to watch the VHS tapes I because guess I'm gonna watch that later. They're they're really good. Like they're it's it's basically uh, Michael yeah finds out what his dad's doing and his dad's like I'm oh. gonna I'm gonna game end you oh <laughs> boy uh yeah it's it was actually like I, I watched it with my old roommate while we were eating dinner on the floor yeah but like it's genuinely like creepy and I love the story so much more than ghost middle <laughs> um, that stuff it FNAF's a lot FNAF's a lot and listen Literally. I I miss the old days of FNAF Three is my favorite. Oh, I love a good one. The one thing I don't like is the jump scares because it uh, spring chapter is kind of like oh, wa- yeah. shimmies into frame. God, yeah, uh, not as scary, but I do love the grimy vibes of three. Oh, yeah. Three is my favorite. Very grimy. I've never played a FNAF game. Me either. <laughs> I literally, I was like, I just like the lore. I just like watching Markiplier play I, it. <laughs> uh, and I've never read the books, and I just watch Matt Pat talk about it. But I do love FNAF lore, and I'm I don't know. I'll watch someone play a. Uh, What's a, the new one coming uh, out? Security, security breach. Security breach. When it comes out, if it comes Which out. Which, it's got pushed back because of the pandemic, and now it's pushed back more because Scott, Scott quit. Uh, but quit um, FNAF, yeah. and now it's in Steel Wool, who did, who helped him with uh, the VR. VR one, right. But, like, yeah. I didn't the, watch anyone play the VR one. I didn't watch anyone play the VR. I talk, I heard MatPat talk about it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even really watch someone play. You just watch MatPat's videos? I watch MatPat's videos, and I kind of get the story from that, because <laughs> I don't whatever uh <laughs> who cares and now what's his name not michael afton who's the william afton's william. like conscience is in circuit boards and now possessing people it's oh i oh yeah that's, what, that's, what that's the means. that's the plot of the story by sci-fi i feel like you can make a whole episode explaining to me the FNAF lore out of context as poorly as possible. Oh my god, I'd and love I'm to do a FNAF lore. Gonna believe every single word. <laughs> and it'll be true. 
somehow. Oh. <laughs> Mitch, I'm going to do the FNAF lore uh, episode, which is where we sit and watch Matt Pat's game theory. And just copy all of his stuff You down. lured me in. I, I thought we were going to talk about Walden Files. We I lured you in. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about Walden Files, which is, Files. which is FNAF yeah, on, far on, 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 on track. <laughs> on drugs. On drugs. Uh, to put it lightly. To put it lightly. So, this is my part, again. A, I go. Mitch's okay. plot. If you know the basic story of FNAF Five Nights at Freddy's, kids go missing, get stuffed in animatronic suits, haunt the restaurant, yada, yada, yada. Uh, then you basically know, have the framework for what the Walton Files is. Because it is, in fact, inspired by FNAF. FNAF. Heavily Martin Walls, inspired. Martin Walls, the creator, has said that. Um, but uh, the creator, Martin Walls, takes it to the next level. The kids are replaced with adults, and there's not really any hauntings of restaurants. But it is still on an entirely different level. Um, I do want to say, yes, having it being adults instead of kids is so much more scarier. Yeah. Because, like, kids are, like... Kids are easily pickable. Pick-upable. <laughs> pick up. Pick them up. I could pick... I, I, have, a, I have a brother. You can pick up Mason. I have a, I have a nine-year-old brother. It's getting harder to pick him up. Yeah. Uh, I could pick him up and shove him to a, and shove him to a suit. Sure. It's harder to do that with an adult. <laughs> Which is why I'll get to what it's not the adults that do it to the adults; it's the animatronics that do that to the adults. Scary. Which is insane. So while the story is presented out of order, if you watch it in the playlist that's on YouTube, if you'd like, there's still enough that you can piece it together with relative ease. To put it in summary: Jack Walton has gone missing, leaving the reins of his company. Bunny Smile Incorporated and Bonds Burgers, which is what they made, whatever, in the hands of his business partner, Fe- partner Felix Cranken. Felix <laughs> has decided to completely take over the company and represent himself as a solitary founder. Uh, the, through various informational videos, found footage, and essentially a let's play, we begin to see the bigger picture. Mitch, I have tears in my eyes because I look at Felix Cranken like, oh, my new kin. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I kin every villain. You kin a lot of them. Sorry, let me define it for the people who don't know what kinning oh. is, because it's probably a lot of you. Kinning is when you highly relate to a character, and I relate to, like, every war criminal and mass murderer. I don't. I see. Well, Felix is an alcoholic, and yeah, <laughs> we're, yeah, we're headed yeah. down that road. Okay, okay, okay. Shush. Be shush. Be shush. Most of the Walton family has fallen victim to Felix, and assumably some murderous sort of way. Uh, Felix accidentally killed Jack's children, Ed and Molly, in a car crash while he was inebriated. I didn't say that word right. Inebriated. Inebriated. He more than likely has something to do with Jack's disappearance and the death of Jack's wife, Rosemary. All that's left of the Waltons is Sophie, uh, I believe she's the eldest daughter, who has been put on medicine that's affected her memory of the incidents, more than likely at the uh, discretion of Felix. Uh, there have been other victims, Susan Woodings, Charles, who has no last name we know of, and we don't know that much about Charles, Brian Stells, and Ashley Parks, all killed, or presumably, in Charles's case, by the animatronic Bond, presumably at uh, Felix's orders. We don't exactly know how that's going on. Um, and well, I like the theory that Brian isn't dead. He's just really messed up. That he is paralyzed. Yeah. And also, that's like, Brian is one of my favorite... Um, uh, murders. 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 Um, gay men's. Gay men's. Uh, because of how gr- how gruesome of like the face is, which I'll be talking about, like the faces oh, yeah. of the Walton Files and why why it's creepy because it has to do entirely with like the Uncanny Valley. Yeah. So I'll let you continue. <laughs> okay. Thank you. 
And we also see the aftermath of these deaths in gruesome fashion, further cementing the horror of the story. Uh, from what we can tell so far, after the Ed and Molly incident, which um, Felix decided to bury them, possibly... Uh, some people say, oh, they might have not been dead. I'm pretty sure one of the kids had... Uh, I'm pretty sure they, like, the description of them really cemented the fact that they were dead. Um, uh, I'm, that that was Ed. Molly, not so sure. Not so sure. But Ed, at least, is for sure dead. Um, which leads to them possessing a stuffed rabbit named Rocket that Felix gave to them. Uh, Felix then begins to pick off the Waltons and anyone who, found, who has seemed to have found out his secret. This leads to the closing of Bond's Burgers, the restaurant he and Jack created together. After the closing, all the products are put in a storage facility called K9, and also which is did weirdly th- created, and they could just put it in at the next year, just like that. And also, didn't the restaurant last like a couple of weeks? A couple of weeks. It's like th- I want to say it's somewhere between two and, uh, two and four weeks. I believe it's from the end of uh, from July into the beginning of August. I almost said. Because I went to say three, I was like, twee. Twee? <laughs> twee weeks. Thank you for your input. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. So two more deaths that we know of uh, occur here. Those being Brian and Ashley. And while this happens, Sophie is blissfully unaware of everything until she plays Bunny Farm with her friend Jenny, who... It's only confirmed that she's her friend, I think, even though it is highly suspected that girlfriends... I um, asked you no, this. I think, I think the creators no, said that I they think were GFs. They're girlfriends? Yeah, they're yeah. girlfriends. Confirmed? Okay. Yes. Confirmed girlfriends. Wonderful. Which uncovers her memories of her family's deaths and disappearances. And that's all we have so far. As well as uh, feel, uh, a video that's uh, just a recording of Felix's guilt weighing heavily on his Because uh, I, I asked you little man shoulders. I asked you about like, oh, are they canonically girlfriends? I, I thought that was just a fun headcanon. And I couldn't like, remember. And you're like, No. Martin Walls confirmed that they're Jeeves. I couldn't remember and that, that I said and that. And that uh, Jack and Rosemary would be very supportive. Yes, I couldn't remember that I said that. You did. I asked you that. Okay. I guess I. I guess you did. Okay. Please, please go on, Samantha. Now, what makes the Walton Files scary? Scary. <laughs> scary is that it's uncanny. I love the uncanny valley because it's. It, uncanny valley is like the kind of thing that you can't put your finger on. Like you just look at it and you're like, yeah something's off so what makes things especially scary is uh the relatability being off-putting so you can look at a uh uncanny valley really has to do with like robots and like you know you look at one of these like like super realistic robots and you look at them and you're like "Mm, something's something's off-putting about it it doesn't look entirely human so mainly when i think of uh i think of all the warped faces of the characters we've seen the first one being jack walton which uh with his abnormally wide smile which i do like the headcanon that he just has a really weird smile uh because what is it the the picture of jack and felix like of them like being ceos is a photoshopped image of the atari not the atari it is the atari it is the atari creators i I, I decided to look it up while we were writing this up i'm like it is the atari creators because one of the guys looks very eerily similar to jack it is a it is a photoshopped and distorted version of the atari creators which is used as the jack and felix pseudo you know standards yeah okay um so it's still very normal looking but it's headed it's heading to the territory of uncanny valley the appearance of animatronics 
themselves are akin to FNAF style. Oh yeah, but 2D. But they're entirely two-dimensional and having more exposed joints. And unlike the FNAF animatronics, these eyes look much more human, accompanied with sharp teeth and gangly limbs. Which I think of, one of the scariest things that I thought of, like, visual-wise, yeah. was... Like the picture of Bond's face and like the way the eyes are moving, mm-hmm. like back and forth. And remember, and the, like the, the the teeth. Yeah, the teeth. But like, remember that whole sequence where it was like the Banny metal head, and it was like testing it out. That oh my god. Yeah. And the fact that the the eyes have to be cleaned. Mm. Suspicious. Because just like the it's the way that the teeth move in the Bond animatronic is like. You could almost tell that this was just a still image with, like, uh, Martin Walls, like, animating the teeth separately, but it makes it that much more eerie. Oh, yeah. Um, So we see, like, the outwards appearance of something friendly. I think the best example is Shaw, because she's she's a sheep. She's a little sheep lady. Um, But there's something really sinister when you look at them because of, like... It's like the animatronics, like, that you see Chuck E. Cheese, where, like, like, one eye is, like, always, like, so, like, drifty. Yeah. Because... Here's what I here's what I really like about uh, Walton Files animatronics that distinct it from FNAF is What's that, that they're actually scary. Oh yeah, like they're really off putting visually. If you just look at them, like you know, you just look at the FNAF animatronics, you're like, okay, cool. Like I could see that being in like a really off brand Disney. Oh yeah, or off brand Chuck E. Cheese. Off brand Chuck E. Cheese, which is exactly what which it is. I think one of the best uh, FNAF animatronics is the uh, the original ones with the yeah the fur. I was thinking the puppet, the the puppet. That's I do like the puppet, but I I think one of the best animatronics is the first iterations with the fur because like it could be matted and all that stuff, and it's yeah. like gross. Like how we see them in FNAF too. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't like the plastic ones. No. And I don't like the security breach ones. They look too polished. They look very polished. But what, that's what distincts with the Walton Files, that these are so unpolished. They're so grotesque. Yeah. And, like, but it's it's grotesque in the way that it's, like, this isn't a kid's restaurant. Yeah. Yet it's so unsettling yeah. looking. Um, <laughs> a kid's restaurant that lasted for so so little time. Less than three weeks. I think if, even if Jack didn't disappear, it would have shut down like that, because that... That's not good They're for kids. They're creepy looking. That's not good for children. Uh, so this is from verywellmind.com, just explaining a little bit more about uh, Uncanny Valley. Uh, 2016 paper suggests that we, the sensation of being creeped out is often caused by a sense of ambiguity. When we see things that are almost but not quite human, it creates a tension that feels unpleasant. Um, such effects are uh, exploited to heighten the horror and creepiness in movies. Horror films, for example, often infuse human characteristics into non human entities including dolls such as annabelle and clowns like it to terrify audiences and then i wrote this bit about like how like there's also the art style used for the other characters like brian and sophie it's this more like cartoonish style that reminds me of smile for me it's this very good um uh indie game that i like quite a lot it just reminds me of that a lot and then that can still be distorted uh in the case of poor brian and most of the victims of the animatronics are physically seen as more normal humans, like Charles and Rosemary and Susan, though their appearance can also be easily distorted to represent their deaths. I just think that's a very interesting thing. And this is also from VeryWellMind.com. Uh, the Uncanny Valley is a term to describe the relationship between the human-like appearance of robotic object and the emotional response it evokes. In this phenomenon, people feel a sense of unease or even revulsion to, in response to a humanoid robots that are highly realistic. But that slight chasm between looking almost human and fully human leaves you with a feeling of discomfort or uh, revulsion, which it's a survival response. It, yeah. This is this has to come back from, you know, 
early humans when seeing a potential threat like a dead body that might be filled with disease so you see a decaying you know you're a caveman you see a rotting body and you it, you know it's you know it's distorted from what you are normally looking at yeah uh that's probably filled with disease so you want to stay away from it the brain is also very categorical and i, I was talking about this with uh, jill which we had like an argument about uh of course you did uh <laughs> Uh, like Japanese versus Western media. Oh yeah, and uh, Western media taking a lot from Eastern media's um, art style, but the brain is very categorical and it, it likes little boxes. Oh, it likes yeah. to look very neat, and we put things into boxes because that's how things make sense. So when you see this uncanny valley thing, you're like, what box does it go into? Ah, so it, it freaks you out and it's, it makes it unknown and a potential th- a potential threat. Um, so we could go on break. We could go on break. Because, and then we're going to talk about motifs and sure. such. Sure. Okay. Um, so we'll be right back. Thank you for listening. There it is. Okay. Uh, we're talking about The Walton Files, uh, which is a analog horror series on YouTube. And we're talking about why it's scary, because it? it's... I didn't even realize it was... We did this, like, during Spooky Month. We did. But what it's a we, theme. Uh, we weren't here last weekend, so... Uh, no. Not, not a worry. So I guess we'll be doing this yeah. for spooky month we'll be talking about different spooky stuff oh, that's a good idea yeah uh, Maybe we can actually do that we could do that fnaf thing we could one. do the fnaf thing uh so we're gonna talk about the i'm talking about motifs like both uh audio and a lot, mostly visual motifs of the walton files right now yeah which i'm getting through this out uh, from this video by i don't know how orwell? Orwell, orwell orwell with an x x instead of an e, e. uh horror through motif video on YouTube, which is very good. I uh, I watched it. So, we're talking about the images motif. So, during the first introduction of a lot of characters, their figures are almost always distorted, going back to that uncanny valley feeling, which also a- adds a layer of mystery to these characters. An example, my favorite one, is uh, Susan Woodings, which her face... Uh, her first introduction is her face that is stretched out and almost gored, yet there is no uh, blood gore. Uh, face oh, yeah. in the Banny suit. Oh, yeah. Like, her face is, like, super stretched out, mm-hmm. and it's, like, super creepy. I love that. Uh, compared to her second introduction, which... So, most... Uh, almost every character, their first introduction is always distorted, while their second one is... Uh, establishes their identity. Yeah, like, I think we saw Brian's, like, mutilated face first, and then we saw, like, a, like, almost, like, a, uh, a remembrance photo of him. Like, his ID photo. Yeah. So, I, almost any time in the Walton Files, it's first... Sorry. Uh, first, it's a some sort of uh, a um, messed up, funny messed up face, messed up face, and then it one that is more clear. So this distortion makes the viewer uncomfortable, of course, since especially since all these images are zoomed in on, mm-hmm. making you stare at them at a close range. You gotta look. Yeah, like uh, almost every face that is shown in the Walton Files is very uncomfortably close to the um the Except ca- for, like the that camera. First Jack distortion we see, it's very far away. Yeah. Because I think it's on a TV. Mm-hmm. It's in the um, Bond neighborhood video. Yes, yes, it's on the, the And TV. you can't even see really, like, the date that he went missing. It has to be told through, like, subtitles. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, this, uh, the person who made this video pointed out that the face hurts. So seeing all these maimed faces makes you very uncomfortable because of your prior knowledge to the sensitivity of the face. It's you like, get, you ah. get punched in the face, it hurts. It hurts. Uh... So imagine that stretched over metal. <laughs> Hurdy. 
there's also the motif of memory, which the whole story seems to be coming from Sophie's general perspective. I'd say so. Which um, Sophie is her memory is very fuzzy due to this medication yeah, that she's taking. We yeah. also see like I think I remember if I watched the videos by myself in the actual playlist and like all the videos has like some sort of description from someone named Anthony, I think. So yes. maybe it's Sophie trying to find these videos online and be like, okay, what was this about? I don't remember. Because he's, like, finding these videos and uploading them, presumably, on YouTube. And he has, like, these descriptions. I don't quite remember what they all say. But sort of, like, he's somehow getting these online, and then Sophie's finding them to try and, like, remember everything. Yeah. Um, sorry, I have to do one Okay. Uh, uh, so, like, you know, the only way that, um, it, it her, her... All we know about through the perspective is, like, her fuzzy memory and the actual disfigurement of the people, which is, that's all we really see with the images. So the only way that the characters can tell their stories to Sophie is through their disfigurement and embodiment of the pain that they had to go through. This is juxtaposed with Jack and Rosemary, who have clear images of what they look like, for obvious reasons. But they're her parents. They're her parents. Compared to people she didn't know all too well, uh, having a more disfigured... Like Brian and... Ashley and Ashley and Charles. Yeah, all these people. And even her, like, younger siblings. Yeah, all of them do not have a very clear image of what they look like. Well, we see Jack and Rosemary fairly, like, pretty... Rosemary especially. Rosemary especially is a very... We have a very clear image of what she looks like. Because, like, Ed and Molly are only, like, these little red figures. Well, yeah, because, like... You know. She was a kid when they... Yeah. When they, uh... Game ended. Game ended. Um... <laughs> when the guy game ended by Felix. Yes, yes. Uh, so there's this motif of blood, which it's not used very much yeah. in a story that is very gory. gory. Uh, so blood is shown very sparsely for a series that contains a lot of gore and mutilation. Gross, thanks. Because blood has a very thematic purpose. I hate this microphone so much. <laughs> it's not a great. This one. is the worst mic. I hate this one. Why did I? Sit you gotta here? start sitting to the to, to the, the left second, of me in the second seat. Uh, yeah, because blood has a very thematic purpose in the Walton Files. Uh, so it's blood and the color red is shown fading to the scenes with the present uh, with the presentation of a new idea, especially when it comes to memory. So we're going back to that motif. Uh, so two examples of red are when uh, Felix realizes that he has game ended ed and molly uh like at first it's just his weirdly distorted face yeah. um and then we see like when he realizes that uh the background turns red yeah uh and then when we see ed and molly being represented as red figures and that's how she remembers her siblings which are just these like little little red children little guys which also i want to talk about felix in that scene which yeah. his face is so uncomfortable to mm. look at like when they're at the party and he's oh, like yeah. standing there and he looks like this slender man looking creature uh, yeah because he's like an adult in their eyes cause the technically that section of bunny farm is from their point of view up until it is from felix's point of view i guess mm -hmm. so like you know he's an adult he's so much taller than her them uh so it's like you know you see adults you're like wow why are they so tall yeah, they're, he's, like, weirdly gangly, and his, like, even his like, fingers are super chance, long. the animatronics? Like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, perhaps. Perhaps. Um, he, he's just really weirdly, he's gross looking. I find it funny on people on TikTok are like, I saw this episode, and then I dreamed that Felix Franken kissed me. <laughs> what? 
Oh, uh, I forgot about that. You told me. Yeah. Um, so another motif is uh, phrase repetition. Yeah. So there's not a lot to say here, but the Walton Files uses phrase repetition not as just a horror aspect, to est- but as well to establish themes or events of importance. But what makes phrase repetition frightening is that it's a way to show overwhelming emotions. Uh, prime example is uh, when Susan is stuck in the bunny suit and you just hear the bunny is starving. As, as the bunny suit runs around these unending hallways. It's just like this cross section of, of like a place and the bunny suit just goes left and right and up and, and down, down, left and right and up and down. So and it, it, it shows like an overwhelming feeling of yeah. fear. I think um, there are also a couple of other incidents where there are, like, phrase repetitions. Like, you will beautiful. Yeah. That what? theme of, like, beauty, and then the other theme of, like, when Charles, Charles's ghost was, like, missing, 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 missing. Oh, I completely like, forgot about Yeah, it's like, uh, I don't remember what I look like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, I, I didn't add this from this video, um, that, like, the motif of beauty being not just a physical beauty, but your soul being, uh elevated to a higher level through game end yeah i don't really think that's the motif of this but it's an interesting take i just didn't add it because that's not something that i um i really agree with i just think well you you will beautiful is reference to bond dismembering and stuffing rosemary into the shaw suit and possibly showing jack if he's truly in bond which i think that's a lot of people's theories including mine wanting to be with his wife even in death uh, in what he considers now a beautiful state. Because he is now dead. And he would like to smooch his wife, please. Yeah, because you, you see in the Bunny Farm video that it seems that Shaw and Bon are... Like, in a relationship. Or some romantic aspect between those two char- those Char- two fictional char- characters, characters. Um, compared to Rosemary. Jack and Rosemary. Jack. Um, and then just the whole with uh was it it's with charles right what, yeah. it's like i don't remember what i look like yeah it, it's i think it's also in the bunny farm video yeah I think it, that's when he gets to uh, introduce to charles yeah and he doesn't remember what he looks like because he is now stuck presumably in, in boozu and boozu but in this mutilated state where now he does not remember his past identity yeah and like uh, the this person who who made this video also talked a lot about identity but it was something with the the beautiful thing and raising your uh, your soul to a higher state of being through death. I don't know about that. I, I, I wasn't, I'm like, it's an interesting take. Interesting, not yeah. something I necessarily agree with, though. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it has to do with, like, the memory thing of, I don't remember what my face looks like, so now they are stuck in this state of pain and uh, remembrance of nothing else but, but that pain. Right. Um, so we have 10 minutes left, so I'm going to talk about the musical leitmotifs. Please do. Very quickly, there's not a lot. So I want to talk specifically about two tracks that are taken from the Everywhere at the End of Time piece, which is like a yeah, several I've hours. It. I've heard of it, yeah. Uh, which is about someone losing their memory and suffering from dementia, which once again ties back into this overall theme of memory, specifically Sophie's memory being unclear about what happened, which is a great subtle nod to one of the major themes of the series. Yes. Uh, and the use of oldies, like old like circus music and party music um not only establishes the setting of the walton files which is what the 70s yeah it's the 70s and no anything that happens prior with uh felix and yeah jack jack which is you know saw 60s 50s um establishes not only the time but it is foreign to the people watching this 
watching the, the majority of the people watching the world of fuzz did not grow up with this music and nope so once again this gives us unsettled feeling because it's something that is completely un- unknown to us we don't know this music because it's you know it comes from a different time period that we're not used to so it gives us this feeling of danger because it's just something new and a lot of times the brain doesn't like new things new things the brain likes what it's comfortable with yeah like going back to the uncanny valley thing um you the brain is very categorical it likes to put things in boxes it likes things that it is comfortable with so yeah yeah add things that you don't know and you add things that don't go into a nice neat little box and it gives a spooky feeling and that's my two cents. And that's your two cents. Do you have any feelings about the Walton Files, Miss Guest? Oh, uh, yeah, I have a lot of spooky feelings. I kind of don't remember how I found it. Um, I think I just watched one of the videos by accident, and I was like, oh, whoa, that's a lot. So <laughs> it's better for me to watch it through other people, because watching it by myself, I'll admit, um, a lot of the images got stuck in my head. Ah. Like, I... It, like, yeah, like you guys said, um, I haven't really encountered a piece of horror media that, like, has viscerally affected me like that because the images were so strong. Like, even, like, for a few nights, I couldn't really, like, walk around in my house in the dark because I'm like, oh, oh, I don't want to. Freddy Fazbear is going to be in my kitchen. (laughs) I used to, I think it was Foxy I used to be scared of. Really? Yeah. Like, I thought he was in my closet. Because in uh, FNAF 4, uh, 4, he was in the closet. Yeah. Um, I, our roommate, Sean, who normally is here, but he is not today, um, he... He, we were with a group of people, including us two, and, and, watching this, yeah. and he could not sleep because he watched part of this with us. Because I want, we wanted to show it to our uh, to uh, Sam's girlfriend. Uh, yeah, and she <laughs> she was not paying attention. No, <laughs> what a great way to bond. Yeah, we were watching this, which me and Midge had already watched, and then our roommate Sean was like. I hate you guys because no. he couldn't go to sleep that night. I think he's up on the couch. Yeah. Um, he also like just couldn't sleep and then he's like, I also have the stupid pictures in my head. Uh, <laughs> uh, I- I'm never really like, I wasn't like that with this at all. No. Like, I mean, I watched Nexpo's video first and then I kind of, when we were watching, that was yeah. like the first time I was watching oh. it Vanilla. Um, and then I watched a lot of videos on this. Yeah. That's why I watched um, Orwell's uh motif videos um because i am such a fan of motifs like mo- musical light motifs and image motifs i thought it was super cool um and i watched this video on analog horror which they didn't mention the walton files because no. one of the definitions of analog horror is that it doesn't have characters it's like that you are kind of the character i don't like that definition That's silly um this is an analog horror it, for sure it, it is found as a found footage subgenre uh so I've been watching just a lot. I've been trying to watch as many videos as I can, but a lot of it's just like theory videos, mm. and I'm like, I it's the same four theories about the Walton Files that yeah. I've already heard. I think I watched Matt Pat's video on I it. I forgot he did one of those. I haven't watched it. It's not. It's okay. It's not it's, that it's good. A, no, I like Nexpo does his deep dive, and I really like that. I like Nexpo's. I yeah. think no, Wendigoon didn't do one. I don't think so. I don't even really like Wendigoon. Nightmind hasn't done one either. No. Uh, I don't really like Wendigoon's um, videos that much. No, not a hot fan. take. I'm not a f- I'm not a fan at all because I was watching one of his videos about um, Gemini Home ah. Entertainment. 
which I haven't heard. And then I saw a video come in my recommended for that. Very interested in Gemini Home Entertainment. Um, interested in the continuing Walton Files. The issue with Analog Heart is that it does take a while, while. to make. Yeah. And Jack Walton likes to make... Not Jack Walton. Martin Walls. Martin Walls. <laughs> <laughs> um, likes to make a lot of, like, weird subsections to the Walton Files. Yeah, like that Boozoo stuff? I haven't the, actually watched uh, it. Yeah, that was like a Christmas thing, and then he did a Halloween thing last year, so he does a lot of other... Extra stuff. Extra stuff, which I'm not, like, uh, the biggest... I haven't watched it. I literally only found out through a video. Um, he is going to drop, like, the last video to the season, quote-unquote season, yeah. by the end of this year, is I believe. Yeah, I did see... I watched a video... And you sent me the video explaining it. Yeah, yeah explaining the trailer uh, for... Was it episode... I don't know. Whatever. It's an episode. It's coming. An episode of the uh, Walton Files, because this is a continuing series, so if this sounds like something that would interest you, I highly recommend... You just go to, uh, just go not Google, uh, search on YouTube, Martin Walls, there should be a playlist you can look at, and we both recommend, but you don't have to go check it out, Nexpo's video on the Walton Files, which goes more into depth. Than it is like an hour... An hour 34, which is, I think, about as long as the actual playlist. Yeah, so I, I, I recommend watching Nexpo's video first, so you could get all the... If you want all the gritty stuff first, because it is, like, there's a lot of, like, hidden motifs. Yes, and there's also hidden links in the videos, which... Yeah, so I, I watched Nexpo's video, and then I watched... I started watching the Vanilla series. <laughs> but that's my yeah. two cents on the Walton file. So thank you for joining us on 90.3 WMC Upper Montclair with Fandom Fair. Uh, if you miss some of our stuff, if you miss the show and sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can listen to us on Spotify and, and Google, Google Play Pod- at fa- Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. They it's changed new. it like over a year ago. It's new. Google Podcasts at Fandom Fair. And you can also, uh, if you would like to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, we are Fandom Fair on Twitter and we are Fandom underscore Fair on Instagram. You, so you can see when we're going live. And it's F A R E uh, for Fair. Yes. Not like a, a renaissance fair. fair. No. Um, and then the word fandom, which is F-A-N-D-O-M. Yes. And then F-R-E. F-A-R-E. There you uh, go. Got it. So thank you for joining us. Brush your teeth. Uh, clean your sheets. Drink some water. Eat something. Take, like what you have to go do. Pet your uh, dog or your cat. Pet, pet your dog or your cat. That's a good cat. idea. <laughs> uh, and yes. take a shower because you're a little smelly. Well, thank you. Uh, take care of yourself. We love you. And have a great day. Bye. Bye-bye smelly uh take care of yourself we love you and have a great day bye bye bye